Hello and welcome to the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Mariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. Born as a humble university project, the Motorsport 101 Network is where our guest puts his broadcast journalism degree to good use in offering a fresh and modern take on the world of motorsport. Growing up with a love for all things racing through a shared passion with his Jamaican sports-loving father, this self-described accidental activist is honest and open with his thoughts on the current state of diversity, representation and accessibility in and around Formula One. Combining this with his passion for creating relatable journalism, he recently penned an article on the We Races One campaign, which went viral within the motorsport community online. Driven by Diversity podcast listeners, meet Dre Harrison. You're probably best known in the motorsport community for being a content creator and the founder of Motorsport 101. Could you tell us about the different facets that are involved in that, please? Yeah, as I always tell people when I ask about, you know, how M101 came about, I, I always joke that it, it was a university project that went way out of hand. Um, <laughs> when I was when I was studying um, broadcast journalism at, at the University of West London, it was either final year it was either do a 10,000 word dissertation which you know the, the bog standard or do a media project now I had already been a YouTube personality for a little while um mm-hmm. focusing mostly on the F1 games and whatnot so I was more of a gaming let's play a sort of sort of guy and I always wanted to do a podcast about motorsport because that was the big up-and-coming thing about six years ago um and I just thought, got a couple of mates that were in motorsport as well. One of them just happened to be a friend of mine who just happened to be black, coincidental. Um, and Motorsport 101 was born. It was only ever meant to be a 10 episode run on a website to just go as a university project. And people seemed to like it so much. They were like, Dre, Dre, please do some more. And uh, as I say, that episode 272 was released oh, wow. yesterday, wow. six years later. So it, it's it's funny how these things turn out. That it, that ended up being my more full-time, you know, well, hobby, I guess you could say, alongside, you know, whatever pays the bills. But yeah. um, it was more video-based. But as I as years went on, it was less more about playing the games and more just using it as a backdrop to talk about motorsport from a more journalistic standpoint. And now it's a site with, you know, weekly content on a lot of motorsports, so Formula One, MotoGP and IndyCar are big ones. But um, it's mostly a podcast now. We just That's the main crux of our show. Um, I'll do the occasional video on the side every once in a while with written pieces, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild how things have changed in the last half decade or so. Yeah. Well, that obviously was a massive success then. It's just completely taken off. Um, and that's Mm. exciting, really exciting. How did you actually become a fan of motorsport initially then? Um, it was my glory hunting dad. Um, my dad is um, having a Jamaican dad and whatnot. He wanted to watch every sport on earth. He was one of the first guys that had a skybox downstairs in the living room and he watched everything, whether it was athletics, 
Manchester United on football, obviously, and then just Formula One was in there as well. And the two big ones he loved more than anything else was Formula One and MotoGP. So he was he was a massive Michael Schumacher fan, late 90s when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and Valentino Rossi when he came into play on two wheels. Um, again, early 2000s. So me being a eight, nine-year-old kid, it was like, son, come watch the Grand Prix with me. And then I'm, next <laughs> week and I'm sitting next to him and, and that's how I got into it. And um, I know the story is similar for a lot of people out there, yeah. but I, like, I, I, I want to try and, you know, sex it up a little bit, but it really is just that. It was... <laughs> You know, being there with my dad, and that was that was how me and dad bonded. It was a it was a mutual love of sport, and and uh, it's just kind of developed from there, really. It's, it's so funny how typical that story is because I know for both myself and Ariana, it's the same yeah. thing through our dad. Mm-hmm. And you talk to any other person, well, not any other, but you know, you talk to most people within the community or within the industry, mm. and the way they got into Formula One or motorsport was through their dad. Um, so yeah, that's quite funny. Mm. Going back to your content creation, Mm. tell us what you enjoy most about doing what you do as a full-time hobby, as you put it, and sort of the positives that come from that. Honestly, like get, having full creative control for me is it was was massive. Um, this is not to, to throw shade at any of the bigger places out there and bigger entities, but there's a lot of briefs, there's a lot of you know do's, there's an awful lot of don'ts. And with Motorsport 101, we've always like kind of been off the cuff. We've always been a bit spontaneous. We've 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 always taken risks creatively in terms of what we've said, things that might be controversial, like. Even in my early days, even just the concept of swearing was seen as like a red flag amongst some people um, in the community growing up. Um, and, you know, when we first got started, I had feedback from people that were in the industry saying, oh, just to tell them to stop swearing. It's not big or not <laughs> clever. And I was like, there's a parental content warning on iTunes. There's, what more can I do? Uh, you know, so so it's always been there's a lot of do's. There's a lot of don'ts. I've always enjoyed having that full creative control where you can do what you want, talk about what you want, edit what you want and have full creative impact on what you do and and send out the message you want to send out. Me and me and my co-host Ryan King and RJ O'Connor, we've always been on the same page with that. We, we talk, we, we've made a, a, a knack of, of, having difficult conversations about motorsport um, on a large level or a small level and mm-hmm. just, being able to put out what exactly you want to put out has always been big for us and just having fun more than anything else. We don't want to be the stuffy ones out there. Um, it's very easy to fall into that trap. And, you know, I, my goal personally has always been try and make the sport a bit more relatable because it is a niche sport. We are Mm -hmm. not a football, you know, we're not a football. We're not a a basketball. We're not a massive, we're not one of the big first name sports that come Mm -hmm. to mind. The amount of transcendent athletes we ever had, you can probably count on one hand and we'd have fingers left over. So, you know, it's, we've got to maximize what we can. So if I can make the sport a bit more accessible and a bit more relatable to people that maybe not necessarily don't watch, is great. And the the greatest compliment I've ever gotten from people doing this show is I'm not even into motorsport, but I listen to you guys anyway, oh, because it's, it's just entertaining. And that's, that that's the crux of it for me right there. I don't necessarily look, there's a thousand places you can get motorsport news. If you really want to go boil it down. Mm-hmm. If, uh, so if, if for us, it's all about personalities. Um, and if you, if you can portray your message or portray your news or your journalism or you know your opinions in a way that people listen for you, I'd say you've made it as far as I can, as far as I'm concerned. 
I completely agree with what you've just said there in in that you know you're doing it you're doing the content that you want to do and also for people to be able to relate to it because it is such a niche sport and like you say there are thousands of other outlets out there that put out news on motorsport but Mm. we've got to kind of look at doing things differently to attract different audiences in a refreshing way exactly refreshing Mm. way and as you say even people who aren't into motorsport can relate to your content which is really really great really great um so you actually work in a bookies by day which is really cool that you know you have this kind of um other side to your your content creation looking at the content creation do you have any sort of ambitions or aspirations to take it further would that be your sort of ideal situation or are you quite happy having that split and being able to switch off it's it's funny because like like being a bookies is actually kind of the perfect sport for a sports nerd like me because you get access to a skybox every day so it's just like great i get to come in at 6 30 in the morning and i can fire up sky sports news and then actually get paid for it so i can't really like there's pros i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act like there isn't but um there's a lot of crossover believe it or not from a betting standpoint uh especially given not a lot of people actually gamble on one motorsport yeah. because the odds is the odds are often so crummy that there's, there's no real value in it unless you're throwing four digit numbers around and yeah you don't you, you don't want to do that trust me um <laughs> been there seen it it's not great not pretty um, <laughs> it's not pretty no but um honestly i i was content keeping the two separate until this year i okay. got very lucky when I did a video talking about the, the the video that really blew it up for me was one where I talked about the Hamilton commission and Bubba Wallace and what happened to him in NASCAR earlier this year. And it was picked up by someone you may know on YouTube as chain bear. Mm-hmm. who has got 400,000 plus subscribers. Does a brilliant job of, of, uh, dialing down motorsport, you know, to, again, all about accessibility. He's brilliant at it. Um, And it was him that put it up on his channel and said, here, listen to Dre's video on this. It's really, really good. And, you know, there was pros and cons. A lot of people were like, who is this guy? And, you know, what is he talking about? Like, the diversity struggles in motorsport? What are you talking about? And it was that that really turned a lot of eyes on it. And then opportunity started coming down the line. You know, I was on Jenny Gow's Fast Talkers a couple of times. And, you know, about a month later, I was on BBC Five Live with Jenny Gow wow. and, you know, again, friends of the show, Jess McFadden yeah. and Chris Medland, who, again, two of the very best in the biz. And I'm standing around, I'm sitting in this very chair, um, being being broadcast on a, on a national radio station talking about talking about the sport. And I'm like, I really don't feel like I belong here. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got established players in, you know, for some of the biggest names in, in, in motorsport from a journalism standpoint, and then there's me, uh, the, the, the pokey hobbyist that happened to sneak his way through the front door. And, you know, a lot of that is down to who listens to you and just find, hoping yeah. the right people gaze on your content every once in a while. And, and that that video I owe a lot to. And I, I'm, I still owe Stuart about 15 beers for that one personally, <laughs> because if it wasn't for him, I don't think any of that would have happened. It was that and and, and in Jenny Gow and Jack Nichols um, spotting the video I made talking about how Black Lives Matter in motorsport too. Mm. And that is what turned a lot of people on to me. So I got very lucky. And for the first time this year, I started thinking, hmm, maybe there is something for me in motorsport full time. I'm not sure. Because I genuinely had the belief yeah, like 
up until this year that it's probably not going to happen. There's a lot of issues in the way. There's not a lot of full-time jobs going in the industry from yeah. a journalism standpoint. And there's a lot of places out there that will let you write, but they're not going to pay you. Mm. And unfortunately, exposure doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's, a, there's, there's a place for it, but unfortunately, you know, you've got to pay board, you've got to pay your, you got to pay your mum, you've got to pay the bills, you've got to, you know, get your, get your sister to school. It's a lot. So, you know, it's 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 not ideal. That first step is always the hardest and getting mm-hmm. your foot in the door is always the mm, hardest. Absolutely. So, you know, if, you know, I'm not saying no one, anyone's listening, like, hire me, please. Oh, <laughs> please do. <laughs> but please do if you can, you know. So, um, you know, but at the same time, no, you're absolutely right. It's it, like there is elements where, it, where I like to keep it separate, where it is actually a genuine pro to keep it separate because, mm-hmm you know, it's come up before I could say, well, look, you know, here's what the people think because here's what people are willing to gamble their own money on to, to, for what yeah. they believe they think yeah. is going to happen. And, and there's, and there's a genuine journalistic edge that comes with that sometimes, but um, you know, if, if the right motorsport gig came along for the first time, I genuinely consider it um, as opposed to maybe just thinking, well, you know, I'm good at the bookies and it pays well. And it, you know, it, it's, it's, so I haven't really got a big reason to drop it, to drop it for something or, you know, take a big gamble on something. So, you know, who knows? Fingers crossed. It sounds like things are really picking up momentum though. And it's obviously because mm. you've got something, some good content to offer. So you never know what will come your way, to be honest. It's definitely, um, <laughs> the ball's got rolling now. Mm. Do you have any lessons that you've learned through your content creating years that you would be happy to share with some of our listeners who might be following in the same footsteps? Um, be risky is the, is the number one piece of advice I could give you. I mean, don't go in there trying to deliberately tick people off or be edgy for the <laughs> sake of it. But all I would say is, is that if you've got a gut feeling on something, take a chance on it and, and don't be afraid to inject your own personality into something and just take a punt on something because you like, honestly, I've been very, very lucky that, you know, the way I've, try to put things together in terms of a podcast a youtube channel written pieces they've been they've been able to attract the you know people that i'm very proud to work with um on what's ultimately a project we don't even get we don't even pay ourselves for there's a little bit of of, of patreon stuff that goes out there but it's just to cover the the running cost it's all that it really goes to but we just love doing what we do we love the platform we've created for ourselves and i've always said it if if there's places out there that aren't willing to to give you a platform why not just make one yourself and so i've always said if you've got a great idea if you've got something that you genuinely think is is unique and you can put out there and especially if you've got a unique perspective on something like i am being a black person in motorsport you know people don't realize i think just how few um black creative people there are in this industry i've like it only took me until this year to really sit down boil it down and think about it and go wait everybody around here is white and then and, 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 and it shocks you because you don't think about it until you actually look around the room and realize that yeah that we are focusing a lot on a white person's sport and and there's there's no getting around that so if you've got a unique perspective if you've got an opinion on something that's you know or something that is unique and can you can have a platform to build it on go for it keep at it and keep plugging away at it because 
all it takes is is one or two of the right people to put an eye on it and mm-hmm. next thing you know you get invited on really cool podcasts like I do um <laughs> so you know by by all means like just don't be afraid to gamble is the no- is the number one thing I would tell people and like just just carve out your own niche is what mm-hmm. I would always say to people because there's always room for it if you're yeah. really really good at it and you know just you know that that's what I've always said be confident in yourself and just just take a chance every once in a while you never know what might happen the worst you can do is people don't people don't watch you and I had that for years (laughs) so I know exactly what that's like it's Mm -hmm. not as bad as you think (laughs) yeah you really never know who is watching um and as you said it just takes that one person to pick up on it and then everything can change Mm. from that point as you just mentioned you have um a unique perspective within motorsport being Mm. a black guy within the sport, a sport that's predominantly white. You did write an article recently, the No, We Don't Race as One piece that went viral. Would you Mm. mind talking us through it and um, some of the the thoughts that you shared in it and also what the reaction was to it? Because as we said, it did go viral. Yeah, like I, I wrote it, like I was sitting there when I wrote it and I thought, if this if this hits the right channels, I've got a shot of this going viral. This was mm-hmm. not my intention, but I had a feeling the timing was just a bit too perfect. And I just <laughs> thought, look, again, black guy stereotype, we often only deal with anger. And seeing what happened at the first British Grand Prix, this was meant to be the one where the FIA was like, okay, we've got a designated time slot, we've made this video we're gonna tackle this properly and i was like okay let's see how they handle this because i'm sure you remember the previous three we had in austria and hungary were, were messy we, yeah. we mm-hmm. didn't get everyone on the same page yeah we, you know we had guys late in mm-hmm. hungary people were running in at the last minute so the FAA who had taken a fair amount of criticism for it were like okay we're gonna get this one right and then it ended up just being more of the same mm-hmm. and you know they tried. The end racism video didn't come off particularly well when you've got limited contributions from certain people. I made the joke on Twitter at the time that Kimi Raikkonen's contribution was two words and, and just, just him just going, I stand. And I'm just like, well, is, is that your best? And, you know, having a 27 second segment of the drivers doing exactly what they'd done for the previous three races and just it was a messy one because they had no problem or giving a stand innovation to the NHS. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, our key workers deserve all the support in the world. Um, but them getting a signature flyover in a two minute slot and a stand innovation. I said it before. People are going to do that because they, they know it's easy. You don't like you're not going to you're not going to do something like I'm not going to help and support these healthcare workers in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. easy. it's easy to cheer for that caring about black people on that level it it quickly become a game of who can talk themselves out of it and that's the biggest problem i had with it you know we had a lot of drivers flip-flop on their stances we had a lot of guys give not particularly valid reasons as to why they 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 either stopped kneeling in the case of kevin magnuson who said oh i don't want to get wrapped up in the politics of it you know and or max verstappen who just said oh racism is complicated and i'm just like 
not really, you know, not really. And it, it just came across more like certain people didn't want to upset the masses or maybe tick off a sponsor. And for me, at the time when I was watching that, I just felt like enough was enough. And that's yeah. when I wrote that piece. And it was the most venom I think I've ever injected into an article <laughs> I've ever written. I've been doing this for like six, seven years. And and I'm glad it struck all the right pieces and, and, and it hit all the right tunes of certain people because it just felt like it's not that the sport didn't care because they absolutely do have a plan with re-racers one. And I yeah. want to stress that entirely is that there is something in the works. And I know these things are not easy to organize. Mm. I know they mm. take time and effort and resources. It's a, it's annoying because it's come across so late. So now it feels a little bit like the momentum's been a little bit lost in the wake of what's happened in the yeah. world. And, you know, that's not entirely the sport's fault. I want to stress that because it's not on them, but it just felt like at the time it was just like, ah, it was so frustrated and that went viral. And it went viral with a lot of people that don't normally watch motorsport. And, and, and that was the whole big reason I'm, I'm glad it went viral because a lot of people had seen it or seen similar protests in other sports where yeah. everybody was on the same page, mm -hmm. like baseball, like the NBA, like the cricket, because the England West Indies series was going on at the same time and everybody was on the same page there. Yeah. And let's be honest, it's cricket, another sport that's got big diversity problems in its own right, unfortunately. So everybody else had seemingly got it right-ish. And then Formula One was front and centre with a third of its grid standing up while two-thirds are kneeling. And that was always, to me, a sloppy look. And, of course, there's being on the internet and, of course, being an internet journalist, you're going to get backlash from people mm -hmm. that either want to stick their head in the sand or just pretend that, you know, this never happened. Or, you know, I've said it recently on, on the website that a lot of people want their sport in a nice narrow box yeah. that's on, in a vacuum away from the rest of the world. Yeah. It's their escape. Stick to racing. Stick to sports. We saw it all with, with Colin Kaepernick years ago. It was, oh, just stick to sports. You know, we don't want politics involved in our sports. And the unfortunate reality of that is, is that there is no vacuumed escape from the world via sports. Sports is politics. Uh, and, you know, we've had Lewis Hamilton lead the charge in this. And he's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable because mm -hmm. he's pretty much single-handedly exposed a lot of the lack of racial nuance that the sport has and yeah. that's a that's objectively a good thing because i've said it before if you ever want to see widespread change you've got to tear the band-aid off and you're gonna to have to make some white folks uncomfortable there's no getting around that mm. if you want to deal with this on a hardcore level there's no escape from that and if there's anything or anyone in within formula one that can portray that message then I'm all for it. And it's a shame it had to come from me, <laughs> but yeah. it, of course there's, there's benefits from that, of course, because you know I'm, I was, I'm just a part-time journalist, but at the same time, I'm glad it made a note with over 15,000 people who read that piece because that, that was the most I've ever had on the Motorsport 101 website ever um, mm -hmm. in the years I've been doing this. And I'm very, very glad that it did go viral because, you know, it wasn't coming from anywhere else. And to be honest, the people, I'm not saying that the other big players didn't address this because they did, but unfortunately, 
and this is not to be too negative, but if you're asking a white writer to talk about diversity issues within Formula One, it just comes across as a little bit disingenuous because yeah. it just it just further highlights the problem. You couldn't get a single black writer to talk about this. Yeah, I think that that's why it's good that it came from you, mm. though, because you need to speak to the people and hear from the people who have actually had the experiences. Or like you said, it does sort of um, highlight the, the lack of diversity if you can't find anyone to speak on it. Um, yeah, so I absolutely. think it's definitely, uh, it strengthens your point that it, that it did come from you, even though it, like you said, had some backlash and probably meant you had to put up with some absolutely nonsense comments. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think that the sport can actually do going forward then? I mean, we've spoken about some of the things that didn't go too well at the start mm, when mm. they were trying to um, get their message across. But what would be like one of the key things that you would like to see them implement now-ish? Yeah, I was going to say, like, the original manifesto they came out with, I genuinely thought was very good. I okay. thought it's it's attacking the key areas that need to be attacked. Not Not, not necessarily the ladder itself, because... Look, this is one of the most unique sports in the world. You need seven-digit figures to, to be able yeah. to, to to even get up the ladder. It's mm. an incredibly unique perspective. The, the main con of that is that people don't recognize the inherent privilege because it's hard for everybody. And yeah. I say that it is it is genuinely hard for anybody. We want it to be a meritocracy, but it just isn't. And and it's never going to be as long as you need a significant amount of funding to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. But I was a big fan of the other stuff they, they mentioned in there, such as mm-hmm. media representation, because mm-hmm. one of the big inspirations for me getting into motorsport and becoming the writer that I am today is and friend of the show, Luke Smith will know about this on Autosport. He posted a picture once in of the French Grand Prix media center, and it was literally 95% white men. And I was just like, damn, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, 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 it wasn't a great look. So I'm glad they've targeted media representation. Again, I'm not saying you got to hire me, but you know, <laughs> yeah, just, just throwing that out there. But um, no, in general media and who is presenting the sports on TV is generally a great look. There is a ton of talented people like me from different backgrounds and different walks of life that would never get that level of accessibility. So I'm glad that's becoming a thing. Look, I'm biased. I'm a content creator. Of course, I want more media representation in the sport that I love so much. Duh. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, I'm very, very glad that they're targeting the big area that I think a lot of people don't talk about so much, and that's schools. That's the grass. That's, that's the ground floor. It's the grassroots. It's it's schools. we got to ask ourselves, why aren't more girls getting into karting? Mm-hmm. Why aren't more people from, you know, working class backgrounds or from black houses, which traditionally in this country haven't got as much money as people from white families or other ethnic backgrounds, etc. Mm-hmm. Why are they not taking part in karting? Is it, is it a lack of accessibility? Is it a lack of money? You know, is it, you know, schools can't find those middle links or find those middle grounds or projects? You know, why aren't more kids taking STEM careers like i.e. science, technology, engineering and maths? You know, why is there employability problems? It's why I was glad that Formula One and the Hamilton Commission came up with a similar sort of plan at the same sort of time, because they both, I think, generally had the right idea and then had the right areas to target, because it's not going to be the people that are already trying to get in through karting right now, that's going to be, that's, that's going to be the next 10 years of issues. It's going to be people in schools. Yeah. You've got to start as young as you can. And you've got to think 
the sport itself has to ask, I think, some questions about, you know, has this sport been marketed towards boys for too long? You know, I'm not I'm just talking about black people. I'm talking about women, for mm. example, as well, mm-hmm. because like I'm, I'm pretty darn sure it's 98 percent of car as a male out there right now on the on the grass level on a national standpoint so we've got to ask ourselves why aren't more girls getting into karting why aren't more black kids getting into karting why aren't employers employing more people of color in stem careers when they come out of school or come out of university i think those are the areas that you need to target on because i think if you focus on the ground floor and the grassroots eventually maybe it's not going to happen right away but of course maybe five ten years down the road you'll get a generation of people of color and women that want to want to actually aspire to be in this sport because it's not that these people don't exist if there's something i've learned from being on on, for being a a part-time journal and being on twitter and interacting with people every day there are people out there that would absolutely Mm. love to get into this game sure but the but the accessibility just is not there and Mm -hmm. if if the sport can open the doors on the first floor people will come up i am absolutely certain on this so like i said before i'm glad that four baller one has addressed that i'm glad the hamilton commission has addressed that um because those, I think, are the um, every bit as important a key area as others. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, we, we, it, need, it needs time, it needs resources. Um, and I hope in the next, you know, in the coming months, we get a hard line plan of where the money's yeah. going, what projects are coming up, we can check out. And if there's any plans for maybe, you know, other media guys to get a spotlight, for example, or mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Because again, we saw the whole re-races one manifesto when, when it first came out. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I liked it. I, I, I thought it, I thought it was generally targeting the right areas and it, it did give me a lot of promise. I think the next step now is seeing a hard plan and see, you know, seeing where it's going and, you know, focusing on what the next step is. Because like I said, I think the way the sports world is and I think the way the media world is, I think a lot of momentum has been lost. Again, naturally, time just does that. You know, yeah. The world moves yeah. on to a degree um, naturally. But of course, you know, there's, there's no better time as soon as, you, as soon as possible to just have a hard plan and see where it goes from here. It is good that the campaign is targeting all of those different areas because, as you say, mm. with schools, that is, you know, you it's the exposure to it as well at a young age that will attract you into something, whether it's a sport or an industry, whatever. And it's mm. having that accessibility at a young age to enable you to consider your future options and um, for you to see what's out there as well. And absolutely as well as what you said with the media representation that that's so important because it isn't just the drivers it isn't just the engineers you know media that's the face of the sport when we're watching it on tv which is how a lot of people will first come into sort of interaction with the sport so if you can see someone that looks like you then you know you're gonna be more inclined to relate to it and that's such an important part to it definitely in one of your responses, you did touch on Lewis Hamilton being sort of the key spokesperson for mm. for this movement and sort of other social issues as well. Why, what do you think about, you know, the discussion always kind of stemming from Lewis specifically in Formula One? So historically, that's always tended to be the case. You know, he's always having to lead the fight and risk his reputation in doing so. Do you think that's fair and if he hadn't had done so, do you think any of this would be being discussed right now? 
it wouldn't. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that for free. The fact that that we had a further to paddock, like not even be willing to take a knee, but wear a a, a sport back t shirt, kind of said it all, really, in the sense of uh, we couldn't get everybody on the same page. And the stories were out there at the time. It was Lewis that was trying to bridge the gap, which is amazing, given that. At the start, it wasn't even Lewis's idea to kneel. It was actually Sebastian yeah. Vettel and Romain Grosjean who said, guys, how about we do this? Mm. Um, so it's not like, and in full fairness to Lewis, it's not like he's not had allies. I think Sebastian Vettel has been one of those yeah. guys who's done a brilliant job behind mm-hmm, the definitely. scenes um, to help out. So I don't want to just make this an all on Lewis situation. Mm. That's not entirely fair. But you're absolutely right that it is a little bit irritating that, it's only Lewis that really gets asked the hard questions because he's yeah. the, he's been the only one that's been willing to put themselves out there, like on a walking scale of what guys are doing to lead the fight. Like the rest of the paddocks are about a three, Sebastian Vettel's at about a five, and Lewis Hamilton's at about 146 <laughs> down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, coming in, ro- you know, rocking up this weekend with an NSARS t shirt regarding yeah. police brutality in Nigeria. You would never have seen that in this sports. You know, 15 years ago before we rolled up mm-hmm. the, the, it, it is like F1 is so insular within itself it really is like a sporting vacuum because we like the most political backlash we've, we've probably seen in F1 was when we've had environmental protests all the time we raced in Bahrain when they were yeah. in the middle of a civil war and you know we raced there despite the fact they only gave women the right to vote there like 15 years ago it's 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 crazy that you know we we kind of as a sports and as a sports fan we kind of gloss over that and it has been Lewis and I'm I'm so glad he is because look he's the only transcendent star that is yeah that Formula One mm-hmm. has probably ever had and he's I've, I've always praised him for being the only one that takes this sport into different places it's yeah. never been before mm-hmm. whether it be like American culture whether it be fashion with like talking his work with Tommy Hilfiger yeah. talking about you know, music talking about environmentalism yep. you know talking about being vegan you know he it's always been Lewis that's had to stick his neck out because he is so much more popular but he's been one of the first to highlight these issues um, I think a lot of that is his own star power that's led to people they're gonna go to Lewis first because he's the biggest name in the sport by miles and I, I understand that to a degree but outside from an optic standpoint it is irritating that the sport's only major black influencer is always the one that is asked the hard questions yeah. and you know even as recently as last week seeing him being asked about Vitaly Petrov and, mm-hmm. and again, unfortunately you know again and again you know, Shout out to the man's family because I know he's not he's not had the best time this this past weekend for obvious reasons. Yeah. But unfortunately, he made comments about the LGBT community and directly responded to you know Hamilton's Black Lives Matter protests. And of course, they're going to ask Lewis about yeah. that yeah. as journalists. Of course, you're going to do that. But at the same time, why can't we ask more questions about people like Max Verstappen, who's made who's made similar questionable comments or Charles Leclerc, who's made similar questionable comments or Carlos Sainz, who again has also made very questionable comments. It's not, it's not a fair fight Mm. because whenever, whenever there's a genuine hiccup or a genuine concern, it's always, we run off to Lewis and because we think we just assume he's going to be the one to fight it because he's the black guy. Mm. And a lot of people, 
do move the goalposts from a social standpoint. It's like you can't talk about your problems unless you talk about everybody else's. Um, it's there's a lot of that talk on the internet. It, it's 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 an impossible fight. You're never going to win a hundred percent of the time. But I do wish that we also had a more equal spotlight uh, mm. to everyone involved because unfortunately a lot of black people have been fighting these causes for decades we know that black people are going to be are going to be 99 behind this clause we need more white people to be upset about this before we're mm-hmm. going to get the big changes happening so i would love to see him talk to sebastian verlmore to romain grosjean who, who represents the drivers as an association to you know to max and charles for some of the comments they've made and look i don't expect them to be perfect because they're look they're, they're they're 20 but they're like, like 20 22 years old i don't expect them to be the shining beacons of maturity on the internet but at the same time I've said it before, we need more difficult conversations. And when you've asked Lewis about it for the 15th time, you know, it it doesn't have the same impact as asking someone that is white and uh, and has seen what's going on, like a Lando Norris or Alex Mm. Albon or a Charles Leclerc, etc. And it's a lot of emotional sort of baggage, I guess, to carry on your shoulders, especially when you are the only one that's being asked those hard questions. It's it Mm. can probably be quite overwhelming, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. I, I, t- I took a couple of hiatuses off social media because I was always getting it in the neck from people until they didn't follow me or didn't normally interact with me saying, well, Dre, what about this? Or Dre, I don't I don't think I'd believe in this. And, and, it's, and it's down to me to try and break down to these people why this might yeah. happen. Um, I know you had Davin in here a few weeks ago. Yeah, and we spoke about he, this. Yeah. Uh, and we spoke about this and, and I completely agree with what he had to say where I was like, there's got to be a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. The uh, people need to just sit down and talk a lot of the time. And that's part of the problem. We don't have a lot of black perspectives in this sport. So mm-hmm. when one does shine up and, and raise and, and raise a voice like a me or a Lewis or a Willie T. Ribs, et cetera, for example, there's so few black voices in this space that we have to do basically 50 times the work because unfortunately a lot of white guys takes on the situations are invalid for that very reason, because the sport has always made those sorts of people comfortable. Um, And the perspective is often lost because they they just don't exist a lot of the time. So no, I completely understand how uh, I completely agree. It can be overwhelming before I made that video on, on, on the Hamilton commission, I had two and a half thousand Twitter followers and I have five and a half thousand. Mm. Um, So, and it all came up in the space of maybe a one month period. And I've got people that I never knew or people that I actually respected coming around saying, right, Thank you for talking about this. Like, can I ask you about this? Can I ask you about that? And then don't get me wrong. I want to do it because, because on one end, if I can convince one person that, hey, this might be an issue that's worth talking about, as far as I'm concerned, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but man, it can be difficult sometimes. It's I'm not draining. denying that. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's draining. Very emotionally it is draining. draining. Yeah. Oh, as God, we yeah. said with Davin, it's, you have to remember that when you're having these conversations with people, you're bringing up a lot of really um, difficult situations and memories and experiences. So yes, we do want to be ones, we do want to be the people to help you see the other side, but we also are the ones that have actually lived it. So um, it's 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 tough to constantly remind yourself of that. Of course, of course. But on a an, on a note to sort of tie things up now, Lewis obviously isn't going to be around forever in the sport. And as we've said, there are very limited individuals in the sport who are, for instance, from 
who are black or from underrepresented groups, what sort of message would you give to younger kids who might be wanting to get into the sport, but also might be feeling a bit like there's not really a space for me and we're going to see Lewis going, who is obviously a massive influence and a role model for so many young kids. But what sort of, of you know, message would you give to them who might be feeling a bit demotivated or worried that it's not a welcome place? I would say... Lewis Hamilton is the greatest walking example maybe in the history of British sport that you can beat the odds is what I would always tell and as a bookies guy I can I know all about that and and just take it from me like Lewis Hamilton is and I say this in in as positive a way as I can he's our Serena Williams and like we had Serena and Venus come through and literally straight out of Compton and they were able to come into a white dominated sport and and take over Mm. for 15, 20 years. And Lewis is our version of that. This was a working class black man from Stevenage that, you know, had so much talent that people were willing to take a chance on him. And he's now the greatest statistical driver we've ever seen in Formula One, probably the greatest ever by the time he's all said and done. And you're right. He probably is in the twilight of his career. I I don't see him going another, maybe three more years tops, but what I would say to people that are from underrepresented groups um, like me is that if you're a journalist and you've seen me, I am walking proof that this can happen. Even to us, even on a small scale, you know, the fact that me, a, 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 a pokey writer with a again who had a, who had a, a show come off from a university degree is on a nationally broadcast radio station is the stuff of dreams you know you you never ever think you're going to you're going to get that sort of platform until it happens and in the same way that lewis hamilton beat the odds more than anyone we've ever seen if any, anyone that knows the privilege needed, the funding needed, the talent needed, and and you know the timing as well, because we've always talked about drivers missing out on places like that. You know, so much has to go right to have mm. even a decent Formula One career, let alone the great, maybe the yeah. greatest body of work the sport's ever seen. Um, so, if you could take a little bit of inspiration from just you know, guys like Lewis, you know, and if people are, are genuinely admiring of me, then God, I've made it personally because, you know, I'm nowhere near anything like that. But at the same time, he's walking proof that it can be done. And if it can be done by him, then there's no reason why. I don't want to say be the next Lewis Hamilton, be the first you as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, there is no reason why anybody else can't do what he did 20 years ago when he was coming up through karting like or coming up for kind of junior formula because hamilton beat every single every single barrier from a social from an economic standpoint from a sporting standpoint to become the guy he is today and once that door gets knocked down you know you're not going to fix it there'll be more coming through and and i hope people take inspiration from that because we if we've, like, I grew up as a Schumacher fan and I and I, I one of my most famous video goofs was just an example is me saying that I always thought that, that Schumacher's win record would never go away I literally made a video that's got a million views now on YouTube <laughs> saying saying famous that it was the words. most say yeah literally it was like same it was, it was me saying I thought that was the most unbreakable record in Formula One history until about three days ago. <laughs> so, you know, you, you don't ever think that it can't happen because I am walking proof that, 
you know, little things can happen. And, you know, people, all it takes, I said it before, is one or two people to spot you. And next thing you know, you can, you can make a mark for yourself in a game where, let's like, like I've said before, the odds are so heavily stacked against you. It doesn't, it'll only make you shine that much brighter if you make it out the other end. And, you know, Lewis Hamilton is the walk-in example of that. And we owe him a lot because he's taken this sport to places it's never been before and maybe never will again. And it's lightning in a bottle and we should all embrace the bejesus out of that because (laughs) so far we've only had one of them, but there's no reason why we can't have more as far as I'm concerned. A lot of you will already know Dre from Motorsport 101 and his social media presence. And it's just so amazing how this all started as a uni project and how it's completely taken off. And he's had so much success this year, especially. I think what appeals about M101 to its followers is the fact that it provides a fresh approach by not shying away from difficult conversations. It's admirable and similar to what we're trying to do on this podcast. And it's by having these difficult conversations and only then that we can make progress. And that ties in quite nicely, actually, with what we discussed later on in our chat, in that we need more of these difficult conversations in the wider space of the sport. And we need more white voices to speak up on the topic too, instead of asking Lewis for his view again and again on the same subject. I think here it's on the media, actually, to ensure a more equal spotlight. So there's an argument here that they have somewhat of a responsibility to help drive diversity and inclusion. Yeah, 100%. And as Dre recognised, when it comes to tackling the lack of diversity, it's not easy. But through people keeping the conversation going, change can come. And Dre felt that F1 are on the right track. And he believes that, you know, the plans that they have in place are promising. For example, the media representation, which, as we touched on, it can make such a big difference. As, of course, these are the faces that we see consistently through the season. And also grassroots initiatives. If you're not already following him, check out at Harrison101 on Instagram or at Harrison101HD on Twitter, where Joe will be chatting motorsport on the daily. And if you're after a fresh take on some of motorsport's hot topics, search Motorsport 101 on podcast platforms, YouTube and socials. We'll pop the link to the No, We Don't Race as One blog article that we mentioned in this episode in the show notes as well. Get following at We Are Driven by Diversity on Insta too. A big thank you to Dre for joining us. As always, we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. And if you enjoyed this one, make sure to rate, review and subscribe. <laughs>